Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the HR Tech Chat video podcast. And with me today, I have Michael Spataro, who is Chief Delivery Officer for Legion. And Legion is a provider of workforce management solutions, advanced, advanced technologies for it. Uh, thank you for joining us, Michael. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I think one of our, our primary mission, um, the primary mission at, um, at Legion is to improve the lives of hourly workers and make, um, make hourly jobs great jobs. Oh, I love that. I love that tagline. And, you know, and I, I, you're, singing, you're singing every hourly worker's song right there with that, aren't you? Um, yeah, it's a new, you know, it's a new world. If you really think about the dynamic of 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 power, uh, right? It's it's shifted from the employer to the employee, and and all of us have to solely focus on um, really building back loyalty between the employee and the and the employer, and we have to do that in a really meaningful way. Oh, I love that. You know, and that that shift in power is. Um... And, and, and I know we want to talk about the great resignation. I, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit right now. <laughs> but but in, in a bigger sense, you know, that power has shifted in many ways, not just from the worker to the worker from the employer, but also to the candidate from the uh, hiring organization. There seems to be this, uh, this dispersing of, um, of, of the power away from the central area. Yeah, no, there is. You know, it... it it you know started with with certainly a, a global pandemic which you know affected the lives of everyone um, you know hourly workers uh, you know continued to work and in some cases you know worked throughout a pandemic in other cases were fur furloughed or um, or laid off and they didn't really feel like they were maybe as valued um, pre pandemic as um, as they felt they should have been right and now they're demanding that and. Um, the, the, the overall challenge that we have, you know, there's this perception of this, this um, shortage of workers. And the reality is um, there's not a shortage of workers. There's a shortage of people that want to do these types of jobs. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 9 million people didn't just disappear. Those 9 million people are still in, in the workforce. They're just not applying for or staying with retail or, or hospitality customers. Um, and we need them. We need them more today than ever before because the experience that you know every employer is going through is unpredictable, right? There's this kind of perception of, of a year of volatility. Really, no one has a crystal ball to say, here's where we are today and, and here's where we're going to end up. There's a perception that the pandemic goes over and now we have Omicron. So now there's um, you know, the, the pandemic maybe isn't over and how is that going to continue to affect our lives? We have, you know, um, logistics issues with getting getting products to stores. Um, so there really is a need to um, build back that employee loyalty, um, and that's broader than you know just paying people higher wages. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a huge point. Uh, you know, paying them more obviously is a piece of the puzzle. But it's definitely not a silver bullet. It's not the answer. It's not the go-to thing to do every time. And I guess 
I guess my question to you is given, given this great this great resignation, this perceived labor shoulder, shortage, which is really just a shortage of people who want to do some of these jobs that have maybe um, just been thankless or have had poor scheduling options or poor pay, let's be frank. Um, what are some of the things that organizations can do to, 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 to attract more employees for these types of jobs and, and, and retain them? Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a, you know, uh, double-edged sword, right? It is about how do I retain the people I have? Um, but then it is about how do I attract the people that I need? Um, retaining the people that you have is broader than just paying them more money, right? So if you think about um, a living wage, you know, pre-pandemic, there was a lot of discussion around, you know, paying employees a living wage. Um, and, you know, the, the government was exploring a $15 an hour minimum wage. Um, and many of the people that fought against a $15 an hour minimum wage uh, were employers. Um, and those same employers are now, you know, paying employees 19 and 20 and $25 an hour. Um, but it's broader than just paying them enough money. They have to have, um, they want to be able to interact with their employer in the same way they interact with every other individual and company in their life, right? So it's important to have technology that enables them to interact with their employer in the same way they order clothes from Amazon or um, communicate with their friends, right? So advanced technologies are, are critical. Um, they also want flexibility, right? They, they want the flexibility in their schedule to ensure that they can create the right work-life balance uh, for them. Um, so you look at some employers, which would have previously had a higher full-time mix, a, you know, lower, sorry, a higher part-time mix, a lower full-time mix. Those employers are now looking at having a higher full-time mix so they can give those employees the hours that they want so they don't have to work three jobs to, you know, to, to put food on the table. Um, and also giving them the flexibility in many cases, you know, enabling employees to create their own schedule, shops, swap shifts when they when they want, pick up open shifts that they want. It gives the employee the flexibility they need, but it also gives the employer the ability to um, meet their resource needs as it relates to, you know, meet, meeting the customer demand. Uh, because employee flexibility doesn't mean every employee, you know, wants to work uh Monday through Thursday and have, you know, nights and weekends off, that might be a, a bad schedule for me, but it might be a great schedule for you. So giving them that flexibility gives you broader coverage. Um, and then you also looking at benefits, right? What benefits are we providing these, these employees? In the past, you know, we, we tried to keep them below the minimum number of hours which, in which they can get benefits. Now we're, right, we're engaging them and giving them more hours so that they can get the benefits so that they can feel like they're valued in a more meaningful way in their, in their workplace. Yeah. Uh, what I'm getting from this is, is uh, employees getting the sense that, that the employer actually cares about them in, in any yeah. way, shape or beyond what's your time. What can you give me for your time? And, and that's, <clears throat> I think that is a, that is very important. You know, there's, there's been this sort of, um, I would say a paradigm, I hate the word paradigm shift, but <laughs> term, but, but it's truly is happening where, where, where organizations are just, they're, they're beginning to, to recognize that, that, uh, you know, 
this this employee employer relationship or this relationship between us and the people who who do the work for us because sometimes they're they're contractors too right it's not it's not a pure exchange of mental or physical labor uh for 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 remuneration you know it's 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 a lot more than that uh workers are there at their jobs for significant portions of their life and the life and they would prefer for it not to suck that yeah. that, that percentage of their life um i get it um one of the things that's interesting also that you brought up and a lot of people you know we're you and i we're in the hcm industry so we're very close to the to the conversation and we we see i think sort of the, we hear the, the bleeding edge of the conversation more than others do, but there's a lot, you know, in our, our bubble, if you will, there's, there's a lot of talk about how, you know, hey, uh, employee engagement, uh, keeping employee sentiment up, morale high, it has some, it's more to do with, than with just, you know, having a great performance review. It can be as, as, um, as me- this might be, not be the right word, but as mechanical as, you know, making your scheduling software uh, more accessible, easier to use, uh, more uh, you know, mobile friendly, these sorts of things. But it absolutely is that it's workforce management. And in fact, uh, you know, if you think about it, uh, this this whole uh, push to 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 improve employee sentiment or pr- improve uh, how the employee feels about their job actually is there is no more logical place than for it to originate in, in workforce management. Yeah, I think that, you know, employees, again, employees today need to feel that their employer values them in a multidimensional way. Um, you know, we conducted a study of both managers of, and employees. Uh, we, so we, we surveyed 500 hourly employees and 500 managers, and we looked at what are the top reasons that these employees were, were not interested in staying at their employer would would leave their jobs other than other than pay. And there were three interesting facts that um, it was about the lack of scheduling empowerment. So how am I engaged in that scheduling process? And what flexibility do I have to ensure that I have a schedule that really meets my need? The second aspect was poor communication. So if you think about retailers historically, no retailer wanted every hourly employee to have an email address so that the employer can communicate with the employee, nor did the employee have the ability to communicate effectively with not only the people in their store, but the management in their store, their field management and, and, and corporate. So the, the, the other reason these employees were said they would leave their job is poor communication. And the third reason was interesting, um, but not surprising when you think about hourly workers their inability to get paid early. So how do I get paid in real time? How do I do a job today and get paid tonight? And a lot of that was about employees wanting to be able to react to, you know, emergencies that happen in their their life. You know, they they have the, the car broke down and I need to fix the car and I, I have two options. I wait to my next paycheck and the car stays in the shop until my next paycheck, but I need the car to get back and forth to work. So how do I get access to to pay um, more rapidly? And and it is a trend that is, you know, that really is uh, taking hold in in retail. And these are things that retailers really need to be to be mindful of as it relates to why are those employees leaving? And then how do we give them um, what they need in order to feel valued and feel empowered and feel like 
they're important to that employer. Um, on the flip side of that, right, we, we, we spoke to 500 managers and we asked them the same question and, and they came back with, with an interesting set of responses. They wanted their employer to provide them with tools that made it easier for them to communicate with their employees. They wanted to reduce the amount of time spent on administrative tasks, and they also wanted to get paid earlier. Um, so it was just really interesting that if you really look at the two sides of, of the coin in that scenario, it's about giving the employees the flexibility, but it's also about giving managers tools that enable them to spend less time on administrative tasks and more times coaching and developing their, their employees and servicing their customers. Yeah. You know, what I find interesting about it too is that there two of the three are common denominators yeah. between the two groups. Yeah. Um, I love that term scheduling empowerment <clears throat> as opposed to flexibility, right? Because it is flexibility, but it's more than that. It's, it's about, it's going back to that shift in power as well. You know, the tech technology has evolved to the point where it really is uh, inexcusable, I think, at this point for an organization not to have a technology in place that gives their hour, hourly employees that level of control or, or, or power over their own schedule. I mean, obviously, the, the organization has its needs, you know, and at the end of the day, there's, there has to be some give and take, right? But, but to, to give those employees that, that, that much power over their uh, schedules is it's becoming table stakes. Another thing that's becoming table stakes, you know, you mentioned getting paid uh, when they need to, streaming pay. Uh, that that is yeah. that is another table stakes item. And then, you know, when you talk about uh, the other terms, just kind of analyzing these, you know, for the for the, for the managers, um, less administrative tasks. I mean, that's about having a modern modern time and attendance and scheduling system in place. Uh, workforce management system in place so that there, you know, some of that just tedium is is automated, right? And you want to talk about AI assisted scheduling, then you're talking about higher level automation, right? Even less administrative work. You know, what I would be interested in what what do managers consider to be administrative work? I mean, it's probably higher level than just sort of this rote repetitive stuff. Um, yeah, so, and, you know, yeah, let me talk about a couple of things. So, uh, you know, as it relates to schedule empowerment or employee engagement, which are, which are you know, buzzwords uh, today, you have to take that down a level. So there's a, a customer of ours, uh, Phil's Coffee, who runs, runs coffee shops in, uh, in the, the North, uh, Pacific Northwest. Um, and they market to their employees about what scheduling empowerment means or what employee engagement means. So the ability to create your own schedule, the ability to um, have the flexibility, the ability to um, swap shifts, pick up open shifts as you need, it are, are things that they're marketing to their employees that will make them employer of choice. So you have to take the employee empowerment and the employee engagement and, and bring it down to really what does that mean? And if you if you really bring it down to what does that mean to the employee, it is exciting for them, right? The ability for them to create the schedule that they want, the ability for them to switch, swap shifts when they want with who they want, um, the ability for them to pick up shifts when they have the time to pick up shifts. You've got to, you've got to break it down to that lower level of detail. You can't just say it's about employee engagement or em, em, employee empowerment. <coughs> you have to break it down. The other aspect of that is 
I agree with you. You know, if you if you think about um, management in stores and in hospitality in, in the past, um, they did spend hours creating and managing schedules and time. And with advanced technologies, the ability for us to eliminate routine tasks, automate reoccurring tasks, such that you leverage machine learning to derive, right? Machine learning in its, in its infinite use within forecasting gives us the ability to more accurately predict the store's future than a store manager or a finance group at corporate. Um, so if we can more accurately predict that labor, we have the right set of labor standards to derive the right amount of labor and distribute that labor to where it needs to be. And then we're going to create the most optimal schedule. What we really need to help employers recognize is that schedule, you should be able to post that with, with minimal edits. And if you're going to make edits, machine learning and artificial intelligence should be able to recognize good edits from bad edits. And when it creates a schedule in the future, right, don't create the same shift that had been edited in the past, because by now creating a different shift, you're improving the overall schedule effectiveness. If we can, you know, if you look at the, one of the one of the top reasons employee employee managers are leaving their jobs, right? They want to reduce the administrative burden. Yeah. With advanced technologies, you can create the perfect forecast. You can create the right amount of labor and distribute it as needed. You can create the most optimal schedule. So a manager can simply post that schedule. Then leveraging artificial intelligence and machine learning, somebody calls out the application, right? Should automatically be seeing that, right? I'm, I'm changing that schedule employee shift to a, to uh, out of, uh, at a location, you know, we're changing the pay code to sick or um, or PTO, and the application does all the rest of the work, right? It it identifies who can fill that shift. It sends out communication about filling that shift. The employee says, "I'll take that shift." It simply notifies the manager that right somebody else is coming in instead of the the employee that called out sick. That is real, um, and managers are looking for that capability. So we really have to help employers understand that it no longer takes hours to create and manage schedules and time. You can do it almost completely unassisted. You know, one of the things that um, strikes me about this is you're helping the manager be a leader, not a manager, because there's nothing that's, that screams manager to me more than spending, uh, you know, who knows how many hours in front of the computer uh, just figuring out the schedule. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's very, very managerial. If you want to think of managerial as sort of narrow scope, not necessarily leadership, you know, you're, you are sparing them all of that time so that they can actually be uh, an inspiration or whatever it is they are to, to their workforce. Uh, that's one thing that, that really strikes me. No, it is. And right. You can look at it one of two ways. Um, you can look at it one of one way, which says, okay, that manager is going to be able to spend more time with my employees and my customers, uh, thereby growing the opportunity to me for me to capitalize on that shopper, which is critically important today because um, you know e-commerce has grown about ten years in the last twenty-four months. 
um, as people have become more comfortable with with e-commerce. So it's more important for the for the retailer to have the right focus on the customer to create the right experience for that customer so that they do come back and they, they do shop longer in, in, in their stores. But you also want to look at it on the flip side. You're not only developing that employee by giving that manager the ability to spend more time with that employee and your customer. You're also developing that manager, right? Now you're gonna have to make sure that that manager has the skills to be training and developing your employees, coaching your employees on how they can be better at, at their job. So we're actually creating an environment that grows the skills and competence of our leadership within the store, as well as grows the skills and competence of our hourly employees that are working in the store, which give them, which given both of those opportunities gives you the ability to look long-term as, as, as your business does grow and evolve, these individuals that are working in your store, whether they're hourly or managers, have the capability to grow with your organization. Mm-hmm. And, and by giving these, the, these types of experiences, these are experiences that administrative time, administrative tasks took away from your leadership. Yeah. One thing I recall uh, learning about earlier in my career uh, is this idea of the service profit chain. And it was a, a term that came out with in Harvard Business Review many years ago. And it's this idea that it's, it's funny that they actually had to kind of, you know, lay it out because it's so intuitive. Uh, but, you know, the idea is that the happier your floor associates are in the retail space and in similar environments, the uh, the happier or more, more engaged your customers are going to be, the more likely they are to return. Um, this it, you speak about, you know, employee engagement. What does it mean? It's a question that's that's crossed my mind too. It's just it's, it became this buzzword, and not that it's meaningless, but what does it actually mean? Well, if you have employees engaging with their schedule, you know, actually engaging with each other, there that's that's literally employee engagement, right? And the more power that you give them over this, the happier they're going to be with their schedule. The the less likely they are to 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 um, to not want to to show up for their shift because it's during a time that they they were expecting it and that they they're okay with it and all these little things add up and aggregate to a better customer experience um, and and you mentioned you know the explosive growth in e-commerce especially over the last two years it's grown ten years worth I think you you said something like that and you're absolutely right that means if you're you're a retailer who's exp- who's um, uh, business model is particularly uh, reliant upon, you know, the in-person experience. Uh, you better be sure that your hourly employees, uh, your floor associates, are are very very happy with the basics of their job. Yeah, and it, again, it goes back to you know, stop thinking that it's that it's just paying somebody more money, right? It is about why not create a career opportunity for them. Right. Can that career, can that hourly worker actually have a career with you as an employer? One would hope the answer to that is yes. And one would hope that you're giving though, giving them that opportunity. I think what another interesting aspect of all of this is historically um, the, the, the technology associated with workforce management was, was an operations driven initiative, right? So if you were looking at the buyer for workforce management solutions, historically, it was always operations and, and maybe the HR function got involved in the product, but it wasn't necessarily something that was critically important or mission critical to them. 
you know, I started this, this talk with talking a little bit about what our vision and mission is here at Legion. And it is about making, right, making hourly jobs great jobs, making, uh, improving the lives of hourly workers. And I know that sounds somewhat cliche, but I'll have this conversation with every retailer. Um, if that's not your mission, then you're going to continue to struggle and struggle in a, in a meaningful way. And I think you're now starting to see HR executives become more involved in the WFM process because it's becoming critically important for them to be able to make sure we're hiring the right people and we're retaining the people that are on, on staff. And workforce management has is critical to ensuring that. Um, so you're now seeing um, CHROs take much more an active role in workforce management vendor selections um, and solutions uh, because people have become so much more, so much more critical. You know, what's interesting is that one of our uh, themes for 2022 here in uh, 360 Insights, HCM themes, is uh, is it time to bring HCM out of the back office and onto the front lines, right? And I and I think that's interesting, but what you're describing there is the uh, the inverse of that, right? Is is bringing something bringing is time to bring WFM to to the HR office and and uh, not necessarily well it would stay on the front I'm tortured this uh, this analogy is a little bit tortured here but it just made me it reminded me of one of the themes and how this is a little bit of the inverse of that uh, you're talking about scheduling obviously it makes sense to be an operations related thing because it's right where managers uh, deal um, uh, interact with their employees on a regular basis right but at the same time. Uh, the employee experience is, is such a concern, uh, and it's an, a real aspirational um, uh, stretch goal for the HR department to be very much involved in that, in ensuring the, uh, the absolute, the, the, the caliber of that employee experience. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah, that's super interesting. Uh, you mentioned... Yeah, the other uh, thing I would say yeah. is um, the 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 fascination with advanced technologies um, has never been more critical than it is today, right? I, from an organizational perspective, that, that old adage that says evolve or die, um, right? We're in that right now, right? Every retailer needs to think about how are they evolving with the, the customer? How are they evolving with their employees' needs to be recognized and valued in a more meaningful way? How are they evolving in providing the right experience for their customers such that they can begin to build back, um, build back that, that loyalty? Um, when, you know, pre-pandemic, when you talked about artificial intelligence and machine learning and robotics, I think most retailers believe that you know that that is in their future, but it's it's you know five or ten years away. Um, during the pandemic, you know, we we saw a very interesting fact. You know, many retailers didn't have contactless payment before the pandemic started, mm. and when stores closed down, um, in many states, the only way they can open is if they provided contactless payment. So within a three month period, many retailers had to figure out how they you know accepted contactless payment. And they did it. So this, this new concept of COVID speed, they did it because they had to. And the bureaucracy associated with projects of scale yeah. wasn't there because right, they had to accelerate 
the, the acceptance and the implementation of this advanced technology. So coming out of the pandemic, it is critically important that you're looking at technologies that are taking advantage of machine learning and artificial intelligence and robotics. They're a part of our life. There is no forecasting tool that doesn't have machine learning that can accurately predict a forecast that's based on history from the last two years, because we are in a year of volatility, but we also came from two years of volatility and fits and starts and roller coaster revenue opportunities. If you look back and try and create a an, an actual sales forecast based on that history, it's never going to be accurate unless you use machine learning that can really look at all of that volatility and make sense of it and accurately predict your, your future. So many retailers are now saying, right, I, I, I can't pursue, you know, solutions that don't have these types of advanced technologies because if it is important for me to reduce the administrative burden on on managers. I need these types of technologies to make that happen. And they're adopting those technologies and more interested in those technologies than they've ever been before. Mm. Or they need to be because, right, that perception of evolve or die, if you don't make these types of, of commitments, your future is uncertain. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. I mean, looking back in the past two years, yep, just reiterating what you said, but there's no way to create a an accurate, uh, uh, a useful schedule for the uh, for next week based on a uh, immediate two year uh, sort of um, retrospective, right? And then if you go back farther, further, excuse me. Well, that's great, but uh, that's assuming that the future is going to look a lot like it did two years before um, the two year immediate two year past. <laughs> uh, you know what's also interesting is about you know just you've probably heard this before, but you know, a lot of people hear, oh, uh, machine learning, artificial intelligence is, is running the schedule. That sounds scary. That sounds inhuman. It sounds like it's just not going to be, but, but in practice, I think we've all been very, yeah, I think a lot of lay people have probably been pleasantly surprised that it actually makes schedules much more human by taking the humans out of, out of creating it, which is kind of, which is kind of interesting. Um, two well, you know, the, the, I, I've, I've said this before, you know, machine learning is, is not a new concept. Machine learning has been around for eons. <clears throat> uh, the difference is machine learning in the past was, you know, uh, a, a finance department at a retailer that was using spreadsheets and data to draw some conclusions about, about, about a forecast. Um, the difference today is the processing power, right? Uh, the, machines can process billions and billions and billions of lines of data in, in milliseconds to draw a conclusion um, that in the past would have taken us weeks and months and in some cases years to come to that, that same type of conclusion. And the reality is, um, whether you recognize it or not, you know, machine learning and artificial intelligence has, have been part of our lives for a really long time, you know, Amazon doesn't uh, predict what you want to buy just by guessing, right? It's using advanced technologies to, to make some of those, those decisions. When you think about employees and their expectations of their employers as it relates to technology, mm. those employees expect to have commercially, commercial technology solutions like they interact with every day. And a lot of those 
right, solutions that they interact with every day leverage this, this type of technology today. It's part of our lives and it's going to continue to evolve. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Two things I want to touch on here. Uh, we're, we're closing in on time here, but two things. Uh, one, uh, Generation Z, I've called them I've heard them called Zoomers. I like the term. Uh, they they play into this, and there, there's some some uh, sort of you know I think some some particularly um, important uh, factors to remember when when uh, when retailers and other type these types of employers are dealing with them. And then the other is uh, communication. You know what types of the modes of communication that the hourly employees prefer or are most amenable to or can even handle. Um, what, if we can touch on those two, that would be great. Yep. So, you know, I think when you look at, you know, Generation Z, like if we think about the, the advent of technology and, and how technology has grown in, in all of our lives, it's, it's grown rapidly. Nowhere near as rapid as, as it is growing today and going to continue to, to grow. They have an expectation that their work experience is going to be very consistent with their, 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 their day-to-day experiences. And if they can't find that in an employer, they will go, they will seek other employment until they 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 find that opportunity. They're you know, not unlike you know, um, uh, millennials to some extent where they want to be challenged in their in their job and they don't necessarily want to do the same job forever right they want to continue to grow and develop and again if we look back at 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 what is needed in today's world what managers are looking for what employees are looking for if we can take the administrative burden out of the manager's hands so that they can spend more more times with their employees to grow and develop them and evolve them within their career and and however long that career is with that retailer um, that's what they're that's what they're looking for so that is critically important as we as we continue to look at what constitutes the the demographic makeup of our employee base and in some environments you're going to have you know baby boomers millennials and generation and, and gen z all in the same environment and we're going to have to be able to adapt to how we grow and develop and train them. And it's not going to be all with the same with the same approach. Yeah, yeah. As a generation Xer myself, it's we're kind of it's interesting. It's tif- it's very difficult to really fathom the the Generation Z mindset because they they truly are the first generation uh, that grew up um, from infancy with with the entire sort of you know what we would call the modern communication you know yeah. internet setup right there there was no even with millennials they were you know they could be as old as 10 years old and remember you know a time before there was really email or anything like that right so it's very interesting as generation x we're we're the first that had you know we're fully i guess fully sentient you know like teenagers without any of this and also young relatively young in the workforce um, when all this stuff really exploded. So it's, so it's very difficult to fathom what it's like for Generation Z, but, but, but I, I think you're right. It's, it's, um, and just to put a fine point on it, it's, 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 it's really, I think it's very tough to, to underestimate the, um, excuse me, to overestimate the impact that that technological landscape has had on the overall you know, attitude and just mindset of, of the younger generations. Um, and Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I, when I think about the real, like access to pay sooner than, you know, sooner than my paycheck, unfortunately, there is some generational impact 
on retailers' ability to to make that investment and 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 sort of that the the way you see that happening is you know when we're meeting with with retailers and talking about instant pay. Um, there's a real struggle as to, well, do I really have to do this? Does this really make sense? Do, do employees really you know, need access to their money? Yes, those employees, like we have to get out of our own mindset and put ourselves in the mindset of, of an hourly worker that is living paycheck to paycheck and they might need that money to buy groceries. They might need that money to, to fix their car. Um, and we, we need to have more empathy and we need to be able to recognize that that's the diversity of, of our employee base. And I firmly believe that, that retailers are going to have to make that investment in instant pay. And that is going to become very commonplace in the next 12 to 24 months. You're absolutely right, and um, we are running out of time. But uh, but but I just wanted to mention quickly. Uh, uh, you heard it here first. We'll be blogging about this uh, this general topic, what we're calling the Great Reconsideration, and it's this idea that all sorts of there there is all sorts of sort of um, infrastructure in place right now, a lot of sunk cost in uh, in in workflow that's going away. You know whether it's you know, payroll, uh, you know, predicated on the idea that it's definitely going to be every two weeks and monthly, if you're talking uh, uh, worldwide, um, or it's some other thing, you know, for instance, uh, you know, what was it, Amazon, um, excuse me, buy now, pay later, all these types of it, where it's just immediacy, this real flexibility and all of this. Um, these are just complete sort of, uh, you know, just workflows that are going away. Uh, because of the uh, the because technology is 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 enabling sort of this next generation of stuff, and so if you're an organization that's invested in the old thinking, right, you're 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 definitely going to be left behind. Uh, so so there's at some point you're just going to have you're going to have to kiss those sunk costs goodbye, and and just start thinking about the future. That that's sort of hyperbolic just to no, you, you bring a very valid point like the concept of store of the future has never been more important and and it needs to be something that you're investing in now many retailers thought about store of the future again they thought it was something that was five or ten years away you should be thinking about the store of the future right now and you should be executing on that strategy in short order you know, we are so much closer to the future of work than we ever thought we would be two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, this has been a fantastic conversation, Michael. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, I can't wait for this one to be live uh, so folks can hear, hear this story. Thank you for inviting me. And I, uh, it was a pleasure just you know, dialoguing about the, the future of work. Yeah, absolutely. Have a wonderful, uh, happy holidays. You too. Thank you.